Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Go begin. I want to start uh, in the book of Revelation this morning. Actually, I want to go to two places. I want to go to Revelation chapter 5, and then I want to back up and I want to come to Ephesians chapter 6, Revelation chapter 5, and then we're going to go to uh, uh, beginning at verse 1 in Revelation chapter 5, and then we're going to go back to Ephesians chapter 6, and then we'll pick up there beginning at. Uh, Verse 15, I think it is. But let's go to Revelation chapter 1. I, I, I believe that I have a word this morning that's just going to encourage you and, 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 and really strengthen your heart this morning. Um, I, I know that in a, in a room this size, in a crowd this size, that, that there are many walks of life. There's different nationalities, background. What I love about this room is that it looks like heaven, most of all. Come on, it looks like heaven. Come on, I'm glad to be part of a church that looks like heaven, you know, and, but I realize that there are different walks, there's different journeys, there's different levels and people are at different, um, walks and different places in their walk and relationship with God. But also I know that people are journeying through different things in life, but I believe today that just through the word of God, how many of you know that despite all of our differences and regardless of where we are in our walk and relationship and regardless of our background or whatever, the word of God is relevant to all of our lives. Come on. And the Holy Spirit, come on, is relevant to all of our lives. And I believe that his word and his spirit is able to speak to all of us, regardless of where we are, and really encourage us. The Bible said that, the, that one of the ministries of the fivefold is to edify the body, which means to build them up in their faith, to strengthen them. And I'm believing God to do that today. Amen. Revelation chapter 5, beginning at verse 1, it says, And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written uh, inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and loose his seals? And no one in heaven or, or on earth, and no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look at it. So I wept much, and this is John, uh, the revelator, speaking. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and loose its seven seals. Verse 6, And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and and of the four living creatures, and in the middle of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Now I want you to back up to Ephesians. I want to go over to Ephesians chapter 6. And I'm going to begin reading Ephesians chapter 6. Actually, I said 15, but I meant verse 10. Ephesians 6 and 10. And it says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand 
against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, verse 14, stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I'll stop right there for reading purposes. I want to speak to your heart today um, on the subject or the title is that God is able to give you the strength to keep standing. God is able to empower you to keep standing. I want you to look at the person on your right, smile at them real big, show them those pearly white gates or that white picket fence, whichever one you have. <laughs> but I want you to smile real big to the person on the right. Look at them and say, just keep standing. Now, I want you to look at the person on the on the left side of you. I want you to smile with the pearly white gates or the white picket fence and tell them just keep standing. Now, I'm going to mess with you a little bit more. Now, turn around to the person behind you because this is what's going to happen. Everybody's going to turn around. And just say, just keep standing. Some of you are talking to the back of people's head right now. But, but anyway, just tell them, just keep standing. Understand that God is able to give us strength to stand. And when I talk about just keep standing, I mean, keep standing on the promises of God. Keep standing on the word of God. Many of you, God has given promises. Many of you, God has given prophecies. Many of you, God has given a word about your life, about a situation and about a circumstance. And you may not have saw the fulfillment of that promise yet. You may not have seen it come into fruition yet. And even now in the state and condition that you're in, seemingly nothing around you resemble that promise. But I want to declare to you this morning that all the promises of God are yes and amen. And the Bible declares faithful is he who has promised for he shall fulfill it. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he shall repent. If God spoke it, if God declared it, if God decreed it, it shall be made good. His word shall never pass away. His word will prosper where he sent it to. His word will not come back to him void. And I'm telling you today that God is able to give you the strength to stand. It may be tough now. It may be hard now. It may be a struggle now. You may not be in the position that you desire to be right now. And maybe you even walked in this room today feeling like you want to give up, feeling like you want to throw in the towel. Matter of fact, some may have walked in here this morning and said, God, if you don't say something to me, God, if you don't speak to me, if I don't experience something today, I don't know if I can go another day. I don't know if I can go another hour. I don't know if I can go back 
back home and face the stuff that I left. Now, I need you to speak to me today. And you came to the right service because I believe that God is going to give you the power and the strength to keep standing on what he has promised, what he has purposed, and what he has proclaimed. Do you believe it? Give the Lord a great shout of praise. In this particular text, the Bible tells us in the, in the book of Revelation, it's John here that is speaking. And the Bible said that in, 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 in chapter 5 of Revelation, that John there, he had a scroll that was before him. A scroll that was a manuscript that had writings on this scroll. This particular scroll held the, the, the revelations of what was to come and what was to be. And the total outcome of, of, of what was happening as a result of all the persecutions and all the struggles and all the, the hardships that they were facing. And it was in this scroll that, 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 that the Bible said that there were seven seals upon this scroll. And the thing about these seals that as each seal was broken or as each seal was removed, that each seal represent a little bit more or additional revelation that would be released. You know, the book of Revelation, oftentimes people, they draw, ooh, revelation, ooh, revelation, because it, 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 you know, it talks about all the different things that will take place and happen. But let me tell you, for the believer... For the real blood-bought and born again, for the people that are saved for real, real, Revelation is not a bad book. Revelation is not a doom and gloom book. Because the, the blessing that we have, if you turn to the end, you will understand that God's people win. That the battle has already been won. The victory has already been obtained. We're not walking to victory. We're walking from victory. It's a fixed fight. And God's people win. So when I hear revelation, it's not for me to back down and draw back. When I hear revelation, I can stand in faith and know that my God, as we just saying, is in control, steadfast and immovable, and nothing is impossible for him. The Bible said that these scrolls, as each seal would be broken, that greater revelation would be released. But then the Bible said that, that, one, of the el that one of the angels declared, that, that who is worthy, notice what it said in our text, who is worthy to open up the scroll? Who is worthy to break open the seals? And the Bible said that there was no one found in heaven, in earth, or under the earth. No one was worthy to be able to break these seals. Now understand, you have to understand what this meant to John John in, the, in this particular text. Because John, in the beginning of Revelation, was promised that he would receive the revelation of the things that will happen hereafter. It was in these scrolls that revealed the hereafters. What would happen after? here. Understand that in this point in time, John is on the Isle of Patmos. He has gone through persecution. He has been separated from the saints. He's in a time that now he's saying, now wait a minute. This is not the way that this was supposed to turn out. I was given a promise of revelation. I was given a promise to know how things were going to turn out. And now you're telling me that there is nothing or no one that can break these seals. And the Bible said that there was an elder that stood up as he heard John weeping. The Bible said John began to weep. What do you mean no one can open it up? What do you mean that we don't have a revelation of what? What do you mean that, that, that we can't understand what's going on? And the Bible said one of the elders heard John weeping. 
And he stood up and I love these words. He said to me, do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose the seven seals. I love that because let me draw the side point. Notice that when John was in a state of despondency and John had become frustrated even to the point of weeping because he in, in that particular time he felt like what had been promised to him was no longer coming to pass but see here's the blessing of partnership when you're believing God for a promise this is why we're not supposed to do life alone notice the Bible said an elder stepped into his life and said do not weep behold come on behold the Lamb of God in other words when you're believing God for something and you're believing God for a promise to be fulfilled it's good to have someone that can encourage you along the journey because there are times that we get a little weary in well-doing. There are times that we, that circumstance begin to cloud our vision and, and dim things around us, but it takes an elder. It takes a partner. Notice what he said, do not weep and behold what a good elder, what a good person of accountability would do will give you a different perspective of what you're dealing with. It looks like it's not going to happen. It looks like it's not going to turn around. But a good elder like Jonathan went to David in the wilderness and said, I know you are in the wilderness. I know it looks like you're not going to get there. It looks like you're in a downtime. It looks like you've been set back. But I come as an elder. I come as one to you in your low situation and remind you that, David, you can't stop now because you've been anointed as king. David, you can't quit now because because there's a throne that awaits you. David, you can't throw in the towel because God has called you to greater things. And I come this morning as an elder to stir in the hearts of people in this service and declare to you this morning, you can't stop now because there's a promise. You can't quit now because there's a prophecy. You may be in a season of weeping, but the Bible declares weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. God's word is still going to come to pass. If you believe it, give him a shout of praise. I want you to notice the Bible said that the elder saw, the scripture said the elder saw, the Bible said, behold the lamb, uh, the lion of the tribe of Judah who has prevailed. He shall be able to open up the seal. When he talked about the lion of the tribe of Judah, you know that he was talking about Jesus Christ himself. And notice he said, because he has prevailed. In other words, because he has conquered. In other words, because he has gained the victory. He's gained the victory over death. He's gained the victory over hell. He's gained the victory over, over the grave. He's gained the victory over sin. He's gained the victory over iniquity. He is the conquering king. And he said the thing that has made him available, the thing that has made him worthy is because he has overcome all things and all things have been placed under his feet. Aren't you glad that we serve a God that is in control and all things have become under his feet? And he said, it is he that is worthy to break the seals. I want you to notice something that, that the scripture said, because there was two different perspectives and there was two different visions 
Because the Bible said in verse 6, notice that when the elder looked, the Bible said the elder saw the lion of the tribe of Judah. But the Bible said in verse 6 that when John looked, he said, Behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb. Notice that the elder saw the lion of the tribe of Judah. But John saw the precious lamb of God. When, when the elder saw the lion, it speaks of his position of authority and of power. But when John looked, he saw the lamb that speaks according to his submission to the will of God. I'm thankful for the authority and the power that comes through Jesus Christ. But can I say I'm first and foremost thankful for the precious lamb of the God. Because see, it is the lamb of God that enables us to experience the fullness of the lion of the tribe of Judah. Because it was the lamb that was slain and shed his blood that I can have remission and forgiveness of my sin. When heaven was looking for the perfect ransom that can redeem and reconcile man back into themselves. He searched heaven high and low. He looked throughout all eternity, out through the cosmos of the universe, down in the depths of the earth, and there was no one there. The only thing that was available to appease the wrath of God was the precious blood of the Lamb. I'm thankful for the Lamb of God today that takes away our sins. I want you to notice, he said, I saw a lamb. But when he saw the lamb, I want you to get it. He, there, there was two aspects of the lamb. There was the position of the lamb. And then there was the posture of the lamb. What do you mean? When you talk about the position, notice what the scripture said. The Bible said, John said, I saw the lamb in the middle of the throne. And in the middle of the four living creatures. And in the middle of the elders, notice where he was. He was in the middle, in the middle. Jesus at the center. He was in the middle. Why is that important? Because see, when he being in the middle, it signifies Jesus as being a mediator. Mm -hmm. In other words, a mediator is one that interposes between parties that are at variance for the purpose of reconciling. In other words, he, he's a, a mediator is, is able to stand in between two opposing forces and have the power and the ability to bring reconciliation between the two parties. But see, what, what, what I love about this, in the Old Testament, we find the word mediator, but not the manifestation of the mediation. What do you mean? Notice what Job says in verse 9, 33. He said, nor is there any mediator between us, listen to this, who may lay his hands on both of us. Job said, we had the idea of a mediator. But we didn't have the manifestation of the mediator. He said there was none that could lay hands on both of us. In other words, there was none that can touch us, but also that can touch God. But see, when you come to the New Testament, 1 Timothy 2.5 says, For there is one God.
and one mediator between God and man. It is the man, Jesus Christ. But under the new covenant in the New Testament, I'm thankful that we have a mediator named Jesus Christ. That's why he's the son of God. That's why he's the son of man, because he is the one that can stand in the middle and reconcile the differences between a wretched man and a righteous God, a messed up man and a holy God. He can touch heaven while he touches earth. He can touch, oh, you're not hearing what I'm saying. He's able to touch me and he's able to touch God. And notice the Bible says in Isaiah 59, it doesn't take a whole lot of sin to separate us from God. It doesn't take a boatload. It doesn't take a U-Haul. According to the scripture, God is so holy. All it takes is just one sin to separate us, to bring a breach, to bring a gap, to make a span between us and our God, but I'm glad to know today that Jesus Christ, our mediator, he's the repairer of the breaches, he's the builder of the waste places, and he steps right in the middle of our mess, our mistakes, and our mess ups, and he says, I'll cover that, and where you have strayed away, I'll pull you back in to the hands of the Father, because the Bible said it was God in Christ reconciling man unto himself, and I don't know about you because listen I made some mistakes and probably will continue to make some mistakes and I've fallen down and I've messed up but I'm glad to know that I have a mediator today that will come into between of my mess ups and bring mercy and grace in my life listen not only does he stand in the middle of the throne but I want to take another step further because the Bible declares that he stands before the throne. He stands in the middle as a mediator. But the Bible said now he stands before as an advocate. Mm -hmm. In other words, Jesus goes from mediation to litigation, if I can use those terms. In other words, notice this. Now he's not just standing in the middle. Now he's standing before the throne as our advocate or our lawyer in the courtroom of heaven. Why do I need a lawyer in the courtroom of heaven because Jesus is our advocate and because we have an advocate we must understand we have an accuser which is Satan who is constantly trying to accuse us before God who is constantly trying to discredit us and tell us why we're not supposed to be this why we're not supposed to be that and why we can't do this and why we can't do always bring look at them they're supposed to be saved but they're still doing this they're supposed to be a Christian but they're still struggling with this they come to church, but they're still doing this and still doing that. But I'm glad to know that right in the face of an accuser, I have an advocate, a lawyer in the courtroom of heaven who is always pleading my case. Because see, you know, in the world, you look for a lawyer, you know, you look for a lawyer with a good reputation. You look for a lawyer that, that, that knows his stuff, you know, that's on top of the game, is very reputable. You know, you look for a lawyer that, that can stand before the judge with boldness and confidence. You'll even look at his track record. How many cases have he won? What kind of cases has he dealt with? Has he just dealt with petty stuff? I don't need, when I mess up, I don't need a lawyer that should just get you out of traffic violation because I've done more than get a speeding ticket. There's some stuff I've done. Come on, anybody? I need a little bit more. And you want to make sure. But here's the thing. Listen, there is no lawyer on this earth that can be compared to Jesus Christ. 
Christ. He's got the greatest reputation. He's got all the information. And I'm telling you, when hell comes against you to try to discredit you, to try to tell you you're not what God says you are and you can't do what God says you can do and that your life has not changed, it is Jesus that stands up with a cross examination and declares, I have the evidence. Look at my hands. Look at my side. They're covered in my blood. They're covered in my grace. They're covered in my presence. And I stand on their behalf. I don't know about you. I'm glad to know that Jesus is pleading my case. It was his position. But then the scripture said, I want you to know it goes from his position to his posture. The Bible said, when John looked at him, notice what it said. He saw the lamb standing or stood a lamb Ooh, it's hot. <laughs> Stood a lamb, watch this, though it had been slain. He said, now I saw the position, but now I'm looking at his posture. Stood as though it was slain. In other words, John said, this lamb, I see the marks. I see the scars. I, 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 I see the brutality. I, I, I see the wounds. I see the piercings. I see the crown marks. I see the batteredness of the body. I, I see the, the, the residue of persecution. I, I see the results of the beating. I, it, it, this lamb, I see all this slain. But, but it's as if John, in the midst of seeing all that, all the scars, there is something that impressed him more than the scars. What impressed him wasn't the scars. What impressed him is that he was still standing with the scars. Oh, my God. In other words, John said, wait a minute. He's been beat up. He's been brutally messed up. He's been beat down and tore down. Look at the scars. Look at the wounds. Look at the pierces. But there's something that has got my attention that I can't help but to grab a hold to. Despite all of that slain, he is still standing. In other words, what I'm trying to get you to see this morning, that despite all that you go through, I'm not saying life will not give you some blows and life will not give you some struggles and life will not be scarless but what I'm telling you you can still stand after the scars you can still stand after the hardship you can still stand after the struggle you can still stand after the adversity you might have a black eye spiritually you might have a limp in your leg you might have pains in your stomach but I'm here to declare that God is able to still give you strength strength to stand, standing on his promises and standing on his word. 
The Bible said in Amos, it says in Amos chapter 3, it tells a story that a shepherd went out and he found a lion that had grabbed a hold to a lamb. The scripture said, and said the lion had that lamb in his mouth. And the shepherd rescued that lamb out of the mouth of the lion. But it said this, that all that was left was an ear and two legs. In other words, all that was left was two legs. In other words, the picture that is painted, it looked like the enemy had won. It looked like the enemy had prevailed. It looked like the enemy had the upper hand. But it declares or paints the picture that I can still stand even after the devouring attack of the enemy. Because the shepherd knows how to snatch you out so quick that when the devil thought he was ready to throw a party, when the devil thought he was ready to count you out and count you down, the shepherd came and snatched you out. And to some of you, my God, the only reason why you're standing in this room today is because the shepherd snatched you out. The drugs was consuming you. The alcohol was eating you up. The lies was overwhelming you. The accident should have killed you. But the shepherd stepped in and snatched you out. I'm thankful for a shepherd that can pull you out quick. Pull you out of addiction quick. Pull you out of bondage quick. Pull you out of alcoholism quick. Pull you out of a pit quick. Pull you out of a darkness quick. I don't know about you. I've experienced the snatching of the shepherd. He snatched me out of addiction. He snatched me out of despair. Is there anybody in here that can say, I know what it feels like to be snatched by the shepherd? Some of you need to praise God better than that. Some of you sitting in here, you about to, mm, all sophisticated, your hair done now, you smelling good, got your little perfume and nice shoes on, and now you act like you can't praise God. Before you got the car, before you got the house, before you got dressed up, you came in here beat up and busted up, and you were shouting and praising God. Don't you get too dignified, oh my God, to give the shepherd the praise that he deserves. Don't get too pretty to praise God. Don't get too sophisticated to thank the shepherd from snatching you out. Sit down. I'm telling you, we got to watch that. If it had not been for the Lord that was on your side, where would you be? today where would you be today where would you be today you'd be in a crack house somewhere you'd be in a nut house somewhere but I thank God for his grace I thank God for his mercy snatch me out 
He's snatching some of you out right now. He's snatching you out of fear. He's snatching you out of despondency. He's snatching you out of anxiety. He's snatching you out of worry. As I'm preaching, he's snatching some of you out. You came in and you were in the jaws of depression, but I hear the Lord say, I'm snatching you out today. I'm bringing you out of that depression. I'm bringing you out of that emotional stress. I'm snatching you out of disease. I'm snatching you out of sickness. I am the good shepherd and I'm snatching you out. Ooh, I feel something on me up here today. You see, in this life, <clears throat> Jesus never promised that everything was going to be okay. That everything would be easy. That it would be a cakewalk. Some of us have misconceptions about what it means to be a Christian. On this journey, you will have obstacles. You will have adversities. You will have troubling times. But Jesus even said, in this world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. See, understand there's something. You know, I, I remember I used to have a, um, a, a red Dodge Avenger. And I don't know if anyone you know what that is. I had the old school one. thing was pimped out. Rims, dark tinted windows that I got tickets every week for. Sound system in the back. But, but because I put more money in the way it looked and the way it sound, I didn't put a whole lot in the engine. And, and there was a lot of times I found myself always having to get a jump off. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, well, this is, I don't know, in California, it's like triple, call triple A, triple A, call triple A, triple A. The window is stuck, call triple A. I'm, I'm telling you, that was new to me. Y'all call triple A for everything. The tire is, is down 2.3 PCI, call triple A. But anyway, where I'm from, we carry stuff called jumper cables. I'm from the country. We weren't calling no trip. We did our own oil change right in the front yard on cinder blocks. Get it? But we had some called jump. None of y'all don't know what. Because see, we got electric cars. They don't need no jumper cables. We got batteries in these jokers now. But anyway, we had, we had jumper cables. And the point is this. When I, I remember the first time I had to jump my car off, I didn't know how to do it. And I just put them both. You know, it's fire starts sparking. But I didn't understand that that's why it was red and that's why it was black. That it was, had to be separated. But, 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 but what it's called, and I wrote it down, it's called electrical polarity. And what that means is, is this right here. It means that, that there's the negative side that is black and the positive side that is right. And the electrons flow from the negative pole to the positive pole, thus producing the electricity. And this is how cars that I drove operated and function but notice that in order for the battery to function and in order for it to give the car the charge that it need enabling the car to go to its destination it needed both the negative charge and the positive charge and what's wrong with some of us we want a life that's always full of the positive but if all you want is positive, don't expect to get anywhere in life because it's going to take the negative and the positive. That's when he comes in and causes all things to work together for our good. 
understand that some of you are standing on a promise from God. And at times it seems like it won't come to pass. Psalms 105, 19. Speaking of Joseph, listen to this scripture. It blesses me. Until the time that his word came to pass. Listen. The word of the Lord tested him. Did you hear that? Until the time that his word came to pass. He had a word. His word came to pass. Notice the word tested him. In other words, Joshua was given. I mean, Joseph was given a promise. Joseph was given a dream. Joseph was given a vision. But he was in a time between the giving of the promise and the fulfillment of the promise. And notice it said until his word came, it tested him. The promise tested him. The promise was saying, do you really believe in what you're praying for? Do you really believe that I can heal? Do you really believe that I can deliver? Do you really believe that I can set free? Do you really believe, are you still going to hold on to me, although nothing looks like it right now? Will you hold on to me, Joshua, in the pit? Will you hold on to me, Joshua, because your brothers have abandoned you? Will you hold on to me, Joseph, I'm sorry, because you've been falsely accused. You've been accused of being with potty, pot, potty, Oliver Potty's wife, whatever her name is. When you, when you really, when you've been falsely accused, when you've been, when you've been, when, listen, watch it. When you've been betrayed by your own brothers, those that are close to you, those that you thought would be there for you, those that you thought would be, will you hold on? The word was testing them. But what I love about the scripture, it says until it came to pass. And what you have to be settled on, that my word from God will come to to pass if I stand. Listen to me. Russell Kelso Carter was a star athlete of a military academy and an excellent student academically. He went on to be a successful teacher and a coach and he spent several years at, at the ordained, as an ordained Methodist minister. After which he went to medical school, he spent the last the last of his professional years as a doctor of medicine. Carter was also a musician and a songwriter. In 1886, he co-edited songs of perfect love with John Sweeney, who wrote the music for such beloved songs as Beulah Land and Feel Me Now. Listen to this. Although Carter was professed a Christian most of his life, it wasn't until a crisis with his natural heart that he began to understand with his natural heart that he began to understand the reality and power of Bible promises. At age 30, his health was in critical condition and the physicians could do no more for him. Carter turned to God for help and healing. He knelt and made a promise that healing or not, his life was finally and forever fully consecrated to the service of the Lord. It was from that moment that the written word of God became alive to Carter. He began to stand upon the promises of healing, determining to believe no matter what his physical condition, no matter how he felt. Over the course of the next several months, his strength returned and his heart was completely healed. Carter lived another healthy 49 years. But here's the thing. It was out of this 
that was birthed this great hymn that he wrote, which was called Standing on the Promises of God. The words are standing on the promises of Christ my King. Through eternal ages, let his praises ring. Glory in the highest, I will shout and sing. I'm standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises that cannot fail. When the howling storms of doubt and fear assail. By the living word of God, I shall prevail. I'm standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises I now can see. Perfect present cleansing in the blood for me. Standing in liberty where Christ makes me free. I'm standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises of Christ the Lord. Bound to him eternally by his love's strong cord. Overcoming daily with the spirit's sword. I'm standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises I cannot fail. Listening every moment to the spirit. I cannot fall. Listening every moment to the spirit's call. Resting in my savior as my all in all. I'm standing on the promises of God. He was a man. That said, I'm going to stand. It hurts. It's painful. It's tough. I don't understand why. And notice here was a man who was a minister. Here was a man that was serving God and living for God and loving God. And, 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 but yet life handed him something. A situation. And it wasn't because it was sin. I, I, you know, I get messed up when people always want to associate when things happen to people it's automatically sin it's not always the case can you understand that life can happen to anybody but what I love even though life can happen the life of Christ in me is greater than what life can hand to me and it's the life of Christ that enables me to stand through life what life hands to me but he was saying I'm slain, but I'm going to keep standing on God's promise. It hurts, but I'm going to keep standing on God's promises. And, I, and I'm not trying, but, but when I looked over in worship today, and she don't know I'm about to say this, but I saw Teresa. As we watched this family, and I know there's other stories, but I watch her walk through what I'm preaching. I watched her walk with a health battle and sick. her and Dr. Rich who was somewhere serving people somewhere. He's all over the place. But I saw her walking. She would come in these services sometime barely can move and barely can make it. Going through treatments, battling cancer. But she would still come in. Sometimes sit in the back. Sometimes sit to the side. She would come to divine. Slain but still standing. Tired and weary, went through treatments, but still standing. Her husband standing beside her. And every time I see Mackenzie up here, she would always make sure that whatever side Mackenzie was worshiping on, she would sit to that side. 
and it took everything sometime for her to just lift her hands but it was a bold declaration of faith that I don't understand everything I got a promise of God I got a God that loves me and for me I'm going to stand on his promises and because she stood she's standing here today with her hand raised worshiping and praising God because he was faithful to the promise that he gave her and God is no respecter of person if he did it for her he can do it for you I don't care what you're going through I don't care what you're facing God can give you the strength to stand why don't you stand up on your feet and give the Lord a shout of praise God can give you strength to stand. Some of you are standing for your marriage. Some of you are standing for a lost child, a lost son, a lost daughter. Some of you are standing for your family, standing for your business. Some of you are standing on the promises of healing and health in your body or maybe in a loved one. You're standing on a word from God. And maybe right now everything doesn't look like it's adding up. Maybe everything around you doesn't, nothing around you resembles the promise. But what I'm telling you is the Bible said God is able to make you stand. In our scripture in Ephesians, it says this, to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's how you can stand. That's how you can withstand. That's having done all to stand. You can stand. And I'm going to tell you how. It's not you standing in your strength. It's not you standing in your ability. It's not you standing in your expertise. It's not you standing in your wisdom and your knowledge. It's not you standing in all that you know. It's only standing in the supernatural power of God that transcends the physical ability. A power that God can download inside of you the Bible said the spirit can quicken your mortal body and give you strength when you don't have strength raise you up when you feel like you can't get down he is able to make you stand for some of you God has brought you in here today is I'm going to give you the power to stand you felt like giving up you felt like throwing in the towel it just got tough and it got hard and, and the enemy has got you to, had gotten you to a place that you would even reasoned in your mind and you just said it just makes sense but God brought you here to say the devil is a liar I'm going to give you the power to stand it's not over it's not done it's not finished you may just have an if you got an ear to hear today mm. if you got an ear if you, is there any lambs that's got an ear today is there any lambs that's got an ear today to hear the word of the Lord? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you will hear his word today, he'll give you strength and faith to stand. Lift up your hands right now. You may be in here and you're standing for multiple things. Right now as you lift up those hands, it's an act of surrendrance right now. What you're saying is, Lord, I give it to you. 
whatever you're standing for whatever you're believing God for whatever you're holding on to whatever you're believing God to come to pass right now just lift your hands up and say Lord here it is this is a twofold action because as you're lifting up your hands as an act of, uh, of surrenderance it's also you're lifting up your hands as an act of reception saying I give it to you and I receive your strength right now I receive your strength right now come on come on say it speak it out right now I receive your strength I receive your touch today come on come on I receive it I receive it in my heart I receive it in my spirit you're not gonna give up you're not gonna quit you're not gonna break down you're not gonna fall out the enemy has lied you're not gonna emotionally break down oh in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus I speak strength over you right now Holy Spirit strengthen in their inner man right now Holy Spirit come with a strength with a supernatural strength that comes from heaven's throne room and infuse them on the inside with a perseverance with a patience with a persistence Father God that they would stand faithfully on your word Father God that they would stand on your truth oh God that they would continue to stand may they not get weary in the wait for your word declares be not weary in well doing for in due season you'll reap the harvest if you faint not stand thank you Jesus with every head bow and every eye closed please no one leave thank you for listening to this week's podcast we hope you are blessed